Thanks for joining into the SCN show on the Schmodown Entertainment Network, produced in partnership with Skybound Entertainment. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Am I right, guys? Oh. Welcome to Showdown Entertainment Network. I mean, that's what you get here, those deep-cut movie references. I don't think you guys can guess what movies that's from. Got it. It was mad. All right. Welcome to the Wednesday Show. Happy Hump Day. I am joined by an amazing crew today. And, of course, Alex put together the top-tier news, like, movie Hell delay. Yeah. Uh, Possible cameos movies. Oh, uh, yeah. Movie delays. Um, movie delays. And oh, so again. much more. So, so much more. Alex, what what did we discuss, Alex? What did I tag you in that I was like, this is like the most Alex Marzonia piece of trip news? That was the uh, Kevin Feige confirms that a trailer oh, will Oh, yeah, come the out. trailer... Uh, Drew, did you see that that piece of news on Friday? Speaking of which, Drew McWeeny is here, the Godfather. Everybody making his first yes. appearance. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, Drew, did you see that uh, before the we got the Spider-Man trailer? Which, like, I've never seen a, a trailer do that to the internet for a while. But yeah. uh, Kevin Feige had to come out and confirm that yes, the trailer would be pre- premiering before the movie came out in theaters. That was an actual news article. Yeah, I uh, it's it's funny the way people get get more and more worried. I think about when trailers are going to come out, not realizing they don't even have Shang Chi in theaters yet. It's like let them open that, let them open the Eternals. They have two other movies to open before Spider Man. So yeah, it kind of made sense that they were holding off and holding off. And and CinemaCon was the perfect week to finally do all this. Yeah, CinemaCon. Didn't they like premiere Ghostbusters Afterlife? This and it comes out in like two months or something. It's crazy. Really? I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they had well, a, a sneak screening on Monday. Uh, any uh, any sneak reviews coming yeah. out of CinemaCon for Ghostbusters, Drew? Uh, it seems like people are really excited by it, and you know, people talk about how there's a lot of secrets to keep, and uh, there's. Uh, it seems like it is hitting everybody square in the nostalgia button. Okay. Um, it's it is a little weird to me that we've seen two Ghostbusters trailers, and so far the Ghostbusters trailers have all been about feelings and emotion and trying to make you feel. So it, I always thought Ghostbusters was a comedy. Like I remember laughing a lot at the Ghostbusters movies. So it's a strange ad campaign to me. But I guess that's what they're going for. Is this they want you to get pulled into the feeling of Ghostbusters, and then hopefully it's funny when we get to the theaters. People really seem to have a good response to it. Yeah, like uh, introducing Brett Sheridan. I'll go to go to Brett. How are you doing, you little you little piece of shit? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Brett, like, have you had you watched the Ghostbusters trailer? Like, I know, like, no one's more into movie news than you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you grew up with Ghostbusters. Uh, it's it's a movie about nothing, and it's very funny. Like, I I was watching that that. The second trailer, when it was like, 
ah, oh, it's about family and lineage and <laughs> and passion. It's like, is it? Is it? Like, the, I didn't really like the 2016 one, but it was closer to the original yeah. than this seems to be. <laughs> yeah, I like, I don't know. I kind of don't mind the the sappiness of it, and maybe they're hiding the fun. You know, maybe they're not giving away the jokes in this one. Uh, I hope that's the case, because I do want to have fun. I don't want a, a Ghostbusters movie where I'm completely getting hit in the feels. I don't think that's what most people want. I think we want to see lots of ghosts get sucked up into uh, whatever the hell that thing called is. Alex, give me the name of it. Be careful when you're talking about ghosts and sucking because yes. one of them does give someone a BJ at the beginning of the first movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> that's what I realized that you gotta really check the, sh- the movies you show your kids because that 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 rating system was a lot different back then. A lot well, different. Well, what was it like? I think in high school, my drama teacher had seen Shawshank Redemption like a thousand times on TBS and TNT. And he bought like the the VHS for to show in class for us. He, like it's like a hard R movie <laughs> with like sexual assault and violence and like all the f bombs you could ever think of. And what so, were you? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. How old were you though? Uh, like fifteen. Like it was like sophomore uh, in high school. So yeah. like it wasn't like terrible or anything, but it was just like he didn't even know that it was like a hard R movie, or <laughs> like you know when Andy Dufresne comes into prison, <laughs> like you have uh, Clancy Brown just yelling every foul thing on the planet. <laughs> That's how the movie opens. Uh, but Steph, like I know this isn't even on um on the very very important news docket that Alex uh, brings up. Um, but are you excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife? You know, would you want to be at CinemaCon? Yeah, I'm excited for Go. I like Ghostbusters. I, I even liked the last Ghostbusters that everyone shit on. I, I like the entire premise of Ghostbusters. I think it's stupid and funny, which is usually my brand of humor. And I do think that Sappy fits in well, but what if the joke is that they are, like, making it seem serious and the whole time it's the least serious Ghostbusters movie we get? I'd be so excited for them to be like, we're not getting Sappy, you fucking idiots. Like, we're going full out. That would be funny. But even if they do get a little bit Sappy, I think it's such an... um, it's such a nostalgic project and there's so many generations that are attached to it that it is, I think this would be the one that calls for a little bit of that emotional side. If they balance it well, it could be really, it could be good. Uh, Drew, have you shown your kids Ghostbusters yet? Oh yeah. Big fans. And um, they, they like the last one as well. I think they just, I, I, I think what they like is just the general premise of you suit up, you mm-hmm. put a different group of comedians together and you see what happens. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I, the weirdest thing to me is that the trailer for the, the new ones always feel like Amblin trailers. They feel like Steven Spielberg, 1980s yeah. trailers and Go- Ghostbusters wasn't Spielberg and didn't have any of that vibe. So, and I know Gil Keenan, the guy that co-wrote it with, uh, Jason Reitman is the guy that made monster house. And that guy is a huge Amblin 80s nerd. Like, he mm-hmm. really lives and breathes this. So, again, uh, talented people, and certainly Jason Reitman paying tribute to his dad, it would make sense that some sentiment would creep into that. For sure. Like, even, yeah, I, I, that's such a good point. Like, it felt like an Amblin Spielberg trailer, because even you look at something like Ready Player One, which was Spielberg, 
there's no emotion in the actual movie, but that trailer is like, yeah, 80s. Uh. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Jump. You like this song, right? Do you like this? Okay. Jump. <laughs> I feel good. Na, 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 na. Like, I, I will say, can't use that like, one enough. We really do need like an Oscar for trailer editing because they there are great trailer editors out there that have fooled me into thinking, you know what? Maybe this movie is great. And then it's not. Totally. Like, damn it. They just put the funniest moments and then you get to the movie and then like, shit, that was it? Those were the funniest moments? Like, I remember, um, like, G.I. Joe uh, Retaliation. It had, like, Seven Nation Army, but, like, this dubstep version of it. So it's like, dun, 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 dun. And it was, like, all the most badass moments. Like, oh, my God, a G.I. Joe sequel? Oh! <laughs> and then you see the movie. It's just the worst thing ever. It's like, oh. Okay, well, you got me. You got me right there. Alex, I haven't you seen it for, for Ghostbusters? Have you seen any of the trailers or any of that good stuff? I just want to say I haven't seen the movie yet, but Reminiscence's trailer was freaking awesome. I freaking loved it. I saw it yes. and I can't see it. Yeah. Yes, the trailer it's goes the so hard with like, the gun like, oh. cocks and the, and the shooting to like the, the dubstep. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So One Night in Soho trailers like that, too. Oh, I don't yes. usually like horror, but I'm like, this looks sick. Yeah. Um, as far as Ghostbusters goes, um, I I'm not the biggest fan of it. I have still haven't seen Ghostbusters two, uh, but I, I've seen the you know the original and the 2016 one. But there are some like reactions from the CinemaCon's surprise screening, and they're mostly yeah they're mostly really positive. Uh, they're highlighting how nostalgic it is and how like it's um, where is this? Uh, is nostalgia done right? Which is interesting to see uh just because we are we have been so you know inundated with nostalgic properties especially with space jam just like jamming everything in our faces so i'm sh- i'm not sure how they'll handle that here if they're if they're gonna you know throw it down our throat with this movie uh, all the 80 84 1984 ghostbusters how, um, yeah like how many references they go and how hard they go with it so we'll see i did see that uh jason Redman did get ben mecklerd uh, ben Meckler. <laughs> oh so- my god! How- it, I, I, it's like that Aaron Paul Breaking Bad give. It's like you can't keep getting away with this. Like, <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Like, how do you not read the whole tweet? <laughs> the entire um, original cast is coming back for this one, right? Like the four main members. Oh no! Uh, well, the three that the are alive. That are yeah, oh, that are still yes, alive. Three. My bad. Unless who knows. Like oh they do so. Are we, we going to get hologram Harold Ramis? <laughs> there we uh, go. Be, How, is that CGI James Dean movie still yeah, still happening? I, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly they they claim they're in production. God damn it! I hate that. <laughs> yeah, where's the asteroid when you need it? Your opinion about that? What do you think about that, Ben? I, uh, I've, I've, like, I want to ask Drew how he feels about it, like, because Drew, like, this is, this is your business. Like, is this good for you, like, getting the clicks, or is this just like, what the fuck are we doing? Are you talking about the James Dean thing? Yeah, the James Dean CGI thing. I, I think, uh, first of all, it's not going to be a James Dean performance. Somebody will have to give a performance that will drive whatever the CG motion capture performance capture suit is. So yeah. it's a performance by an actor still. I it's 
crazy to me that you're that we're even talking about the notion of the reanimation of these people. There should be very strict laws about this. It should be something that the family should have control over. And then once direct family is done, that's it. I think they're off the table. I don't think you get to use dead people eternally in your movies. I think that's creepy and weird. Yeah. Um, and I and I think ultimately the the weirdest part of it is that it's not going to be connected at all to the person. So no matter what it is, James Dean has zero to do with this. It's going to look like him. It'll be weird and it'll be like a creepy doll. There's no way they'll make it look photo real. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's going to be a gimmick. We'll see one or two producers do this. They'll be shameless producers. And then it'll stop. What I do think is we'll have actors who will make digital perfect likenesses of themselves that they will license. And I think there's going to be action stars who very quickly figure this game out and make a perfect copy of themselves when they are in peak condition and then make 20 years of movies using that thing. Um, I don't, I, I think Will Smith had that idea when they did Gemini Man. I yeah. think he was just a little ahead of the curve. I I would love to see, like that's the Expendables I want to see is just every action hero CGI hologram version of all of them. And then just all of them kicking ass. But how pissed would Andy Serkis be if the CGI James Dean won, won an Oscar? <laughs> just like, what the fuck? I've been doing this for like 20 years. <laughs> and if they just gave it to James Dean, it would yeah. be, he'd be infuriated. It would be a, yeah. <laughs> Guys, uh, as always, we do have that $300 goal to reach today. So send in Schmobots. Alex has a brand new game for us. So we will get to that for every Schmobot. Five gifted subs or 2,000 bits. Alex, what else do we have on the docket today? Keep, more keep dancing, going. That's what's going keep on. going. No, keep going. Um, yeah. Another thing out of CinemaCon is that uh, Warner Brothers did show the first trailer for The Matrix Resurrections, which is the official title. Obviously, they haven't released it officially, but we got some details on it. Um, including uh, Neo in a near future San Francisco with him being trapped in a regular life. And then along comes Trinity and it all changes with colored, uh, colored pills coming back, martial arts. I'm surprised they didn't just shoot like 60 of them with Stan while he was still around just to have. Yeah. 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 I was very surprised about that too, but Oh, you guys can't hear. Uh, they can't hear the bot Dwayne. Uh, they're saying that in chat. I don't know why that's weird. Uh, Alex, uh, can you read that out for him? Yeah. Hologram. Harold Ramis says, great to see the Godfather on SCN. I always thought Stan Lee would have licensed himself to forever be in every Marvel film after his death. I miss Stan. Oh, wow. So, yeah, if you didn't hear the bot, I must have just sounded like a crazy person. I just yeah, randomly yeah. said, you know, Stan Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I that, that, that is kind of the thing I need example. to say right now. <laughs> it is kind of the perfect example of like someone that you definitely think would have licensed, like, like done, you know, done like the, the photographing hologram thing, because that is such like a kind of almost like a plug and play. Like, OK, we need we got to have a Stan Lee cameo because even like fans would definitely want like. Fans love their Stanley cameos. Like they've gotten kind of clever with them. Like my favorite will always be the the stripper DJ in Deadpool. Like I think that's my favorite Stanley cameo. But yeah, like they're always fun to see. And then you know, or like Spider Verse was great. You know, where he's like the the guy at the the com the costume shop. Yeah. He's like, uh, sooner or later, I feel like the suit always fits. 
And then it like then they made a joke out of it. It's like, oh, no refunds. That's why he said that. It's great. <laughs> uh, but Matrix, it's still hard for me to get excited about Matrix when I know there's no Morpheus in this movie, honestly. Um, I I don't mind the the Matrix sequels. I know people like love to hate on them. I think there's a lot of good stuff in them, but there's a lot of big swings that don't quite connect. But I don't think they're like huge swings and misses. I feel like, you know, maybe there's like some pop ups, some foul balls and maybe like some line drives. Um, but uh, I'm, I generally do want to see Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections. Uh, but it is going to be weird without Morpheus, man. Like every every time I watch The Matrix, like Lawrence Fishburne does such a great job of grounding this crazy premise and just this like 10 minutes of exposition. It's a it's a mark of a great actor and good screenwriting. They can just have 10 minutes of exposition of like telling humans turning into batteries. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm 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 on board. So, uh, Drew, are you excited about this? Like, uh, uh, I, I'm excited to see the trailer. But like even before this, were you ready for another Matrix movie? Did you like the sequels? I, uh, I'm a big Wachowskis fan in general. I, I think the Wachowskis are fascinating filmmakers. I think they, mm -hmm. every time up to the plate, they swing as hard as you can swing. Yeah. And like, I, I love uh, Speed Racer. I love Cloud Atlas. Um, and what I've heard a, a couple of months ago, I kind of got an info dump of stuff that was happening with the Matrix Resurrections. And that's when I first heard the title and I heard the premise and, um, I'm fascinated. I think this is going to be the weirdest sequel we've seen in a while uh, to anything. I, I think it is a reinvention from the ground up. And the way I heard it told was um, there was a, another version of the Matrix that was starting to get some traction at Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers was going to do a Matrix sequel without the Wachowskis. And they had developed a script with Zach Penn and they were going down that road and they they were feeling very good about it. And they showed the script to Lana Wachowski as a sort of, hey, we're just showing you the Matrix script we're doing. And what I understand is this movie is the reaction to that script where she went, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. If you're doing the Matrix, no, you're not doing that. No. And she went, you can't do it that way. That's totally wrong. Fine, I'll do it. And went to David Mitchell, who she made Cloud Atlas with. And David Mitchell's the co-writer on this one. And they, they've done something radical. It's it's a real reinvention. Um, I still think they've, they've hidden a lot of information from you in the stuff they're showing in Vegas. And I guess we're going to get that trailer very soon as well. Um, and it still sounds like they've, they've hidden a lot of the game from you. But it, it's going to be, it's the most meta textual movie that's being made this year. I think it's going to speak directly to Matrix fandom. I think it's going to talk to the people that were disappointed with the sequels. I think it's going to talk to all the people that have appropriated the language of the Matrix, like the red pill, blue pill stuff, all yeah. the weird right-wing weirdos who now use that to mean something totally different than they intended. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think it's fa I think all of that is in there, and I think they're going to react to everything that's happened since they made those first films. Um, and I, I think Lana Wachowski is an incredibly smart filmmaker who gets that the only reason to do this is if you're going to do something totally different. It's going to feel like The Matrix, but it's going to be its own game completely. And the question is, can they blow your mind again? The first one was such an underdog, and that's so hard to do. It's like what we're seeing right now with Ted Lasso season two. There's a lot of people that are really down on it. And I think a big part of that is you're just not surprised again. 
The yeah. first season was a surprise. It came out of nowhere. You didn't know you wanted to coach a, a movie, a show about an American soccer coach. You just didn't know you wanted it, and you didn't know it was going to be that, and it knocked your socks off. Season two is always going to be trying to play on those affections again. And I think with The Matrix, you you have a really high bar to clear because that first one was such a lightning bolt moment. But yeah. I'm excited. I know my kids are super excited, and they love the sequels. I think they saw them without any hype. They saw them without sort of that, yeah, the attendant buzz around them. So they just watched them as movies and they get to the third one with the like invasion of Zion and the squids and all that to them. That's just awesome. They don't know that. Like, I, they just think it's unbelievable as a sci-fi movie. Yeah. I remember being blown away by that moment when like the, all the, like the huge squid thing comes in, like when they're all like in mass, I was like, this is a pretty badass moment. Like I know it's, it's not the craziest things I've ever seen in a science fiction film. It's they, yeah, they aren't going to play around. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm really curious to see what the general public makes of it. I, I have a feeling it's going to be enormously divisive. I think there will be people that will yeah hate what is coming in at Christmas time, hate it. I, but that does get me excited because that you, exactly what you said, Drew. The Wachowski swing for the fences, no matter what, and you gotta respect that because with the Ready Player Ones and the Ghostbusters Afterlife, like I, you know, I haven't seen Ghostbusters, just like <laughs> lumping it with the nostalgia. People do just want the, you know, I've been noticing that like on is a bad example TikTok, where people just want the same thing from a creator over and over and over again. There's a guy that like does like the little, this little dance and he literally just like takes his drone, does his dance and then that's it. And then that's his entire TikTok wall, just different locations. And all of them have millions of views. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> good for you, dude. Sounds like great. that's all people want is the same thing. So Brett, have you shown your, your kids, the matrix or the sequels or anything like that? Or is that still uh, too hard? We just did the first one with my son. Um, okay. and I think my wife at the time didn't want to do the second one, uh, because of the, the grinding scene, I think is probably the one she was. That is uh, a pretty graphic. Section. Yeah. <laughs> did watch that but, in the theaters with my parents. A little bit yeah, that's fun. yeah, doing the old <laughs> hand through the eyes like this. But yeah, I definitely want him to check it out. And I don't, you know, I, I didn't hate the third one. I wasn't, you know, I guess I didn't hate it because I didn't know how I would have ended it. You know, like, I don't know what I would have done yeah. to make it better because it was just too much, you know, it's too much thinky for me. Um, in the first place, I just liked all the bendy bullet stuff and the 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 action scenes, but the <laughs> whole matrix Brett stuff of me. In, <laughs> yeah. in the second one, and yeah. he's like, "Hello, Neo. This Hello. is too thinky for me. Where are the bendy bullets?" <laughs> it's like a. It's like you remember that pill, the one you took. It's well, you're not you. You gotta wake. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. Learn yeah. karate with a chip in your head and. Just have some fun, bro. The hilarity of right-wingers using red pill or blue pill that they'll take a pill from a stranger, but they won't take the, <laughs> an FDA-approved vaccine is hilariously ironic. Well, uh, I pulled it up. Uh, the hilarious way it was Elon Musk, take the red pill, Ivanka Trump, taken, and uh, Lily Wachowski, fuck both of you. Yeah. That yeah. was... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, don't use our language. Yeah, don't don't use our, yeah. our film for your thing. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. Uh, Steph, are you excited uh, for this? And guys, keep sending in Schmobots. Let us know, like, are you excited for Ghostbusters, Matrix, all that good stuff? We had CinemaCon this weekend. 
Was it like a full attendance convention, Alex? Like, was it? I don't know any details about that. Um, I, it was I available. Know. I think a lot of a lot of the studio reps didn't go in person. Like Disney didn't send anybody. They just sent the they screened Shang Chi today. Um, but I think uh, there were very few celebrities that actually made in person appearances. Uh, I do think a lot of uh, theater owners and a lot of theater um, reps and some press is there. Uh, I, I also know some press is trying to do it digitally and at a distance. Gotcha. Uh, so, Steph, are you excited for Matrix 4? Did you like the the first three? Um, I haven't seen the third. I love the first two. I'm going to do a full rewatch of all of them. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I love the Matrix. Like, I feel like the Matrix is the antithesis of uh, Tenant to me, where it makes you work, but it gives me something I want in the end. Like, I feel, like, good about the work I did with my brain. Where Tenant, I was like, I did all that work for fucking nothing, personally. That's how I felt. (laughs) So I love, and I love how this one seems like it's going to be kind of a new, um, just a little bit different, uh, different enough to make it seem like it's worth it to produce a fourth film. Because I don't love the idea of like sequelizing everything just to make the franchise bigger and bigger. This one seems like it's based in creative thought first um, before the business side of it. So I'm excited to see what it's going to actually be. Uh, and But the trailer hasn't come out yet, right? Only to the CinemaCon? Yeah, it hasn't yeah. come out yet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the trailer. Me too. I, yeah. I, I really do... I really am like a big like how people are like prequel defenders for Star Wars. I am a Matrix sequel defender. I rewatched those movies recently, uh, and they're they they they're great. They're good fun. They're not as like they try and be heady and like you know like crazy sci-fi, but I I respect it. I respect that they stopped a movie dead in its tracks to have an old white guy just explain everything. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. And it also made the best, like, uh, MTV Movie Awards thing with, like, Will Ferrell. If you guys have not watched that, one of the funniest skits, in, like, in the history of, like, that was when, like, wow, when MTV gosh, used to so try. so funny. No, The so, Matrix has done so much for pop culture in a oh good God. way. Like, yeah. So many sketches, so much leather fashion, cool sunglasses, <laughs> I, the red-blue pill metaphors. And I agree with Drew. Like, I can't wait to see like, it actually, like explained how it should be i it's so funny every time right the right takes a metaphor in pop culture and completely screws it up how did you miss what was being <laughs> it's, it's so it's hilarious honestly <laughs> it's it's very funny uh uh Dwayne, are you excited for this uh, i feel like we haven't heard from you today are you excited for matrix four uh i i am i'm hesitant because i didn't like the third one but i love mm-hmm. the the first two and i love speed racer so i i think speed racer is like criminally criminally underappreciated so if it's got like also sensei if, if anyone hasn't seen sensate on netflix like Uh-oh, the, the wachowskis are are like fantastic minds with it, oh, i would say show? that if you're a fan of sensate and cloud atlas that's closer to what we're getting in December. Oh, it's that end okay. of the house. Oh, cool. It's them, it's them really playing with the ideas of identity and what we already know about the Matrix and all of our baggage about it. It's it's going to be clever on top of clever. So 
Yay! I'm excited about that. Uh, Alex, did we get a Schmobot in just now? We did. Yep. Um, are you Let's... playing it? There it is. <laughs> oh my god! You know, people people do a lot of do a lot of things when they go on their Cancun vacation. So you know, you just gotta let people people fantasize while people you know are literally freezing to death, and their governor retreats to a nice uh, little beach vacation. That was uh, the one fun. I forgot. It was Star Wars was the one that they kept using in the Senate. I'm like the irony of you in the Senate talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, like that's the thing is that they they have zero sense of irony. It's it's almost like admirable if it wasn't so terrifying what they were trying to do. Um, but speaking of terrifying, uh, Brett, how yeah. can you make your balls less terrifying? Yeah, there's nothing more terrifying than nicking those bad boys and having a just a bloodbath in your bathroom. Um, but you're lucky today, folks. If you want to support SEN and the big thing today is uh, it was brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, we love them. We've been with them for a long time now, and we're here to get more information about the brand new Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BIGTHING at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm not the only person that's blown away with the 4.0. Everybody's loving it. Listen. We've all tried to use our, our head shaver, our beard shaver on our boys, and it's not a good plan, and it's also not sanitary. you got to separate your shavers, folks. Manscaped is engineered for ultimate groin and body trimming and focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. And this is their fourth-generation trimmer. Cutting edge ceramic braid, uh, blade that reduces grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my balls. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on. Boy, you could just really light it up when you're down there hacking away. Lawnmower 4.0 allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths from sizes 1 to 4. Maybe you want it a little more 70s. Keep it a little longer. Hit that 4 up. <laughs> Did I mention wireless charging? Oh, yeah. The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face. You've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth no siree i do not it's time to get your own ball hair and body trim with manscaped and make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys so we're gonna get 20 percent off free shipping with the code big thing at manscaped.com your balls are going to thank you your balls will literally look up at you and say thank you 
All right, here it is again. 20% off, free shipping with the code BIGTHING at manscaped.com. We'll say it again, Brett. I will. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BIGTHING. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Clean balls for everyone. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. I missed Thank it. you so much. It. That was that was so great. That was so, so great. <laughs> All right, Alex, we got two Schmobots in so far, guys. Keep sending them in, but let's get to the first two uh, rounds of this game. All right, let's do it. Okay, so this game, I originally called it below the line because obviously we had Drew McGuini and a team called Above the Line. Um, but it didn't really make sense, so this is just kind of the behind-the-scenes, the movies <laughs> game. So, you know what? <laughs> Below the line, and then uh, parentheses slash behind the scenes. All right, and um, I have only I only have like twelve questions here, but I'm gonna mix it in later once we get more schmobots with the uh, with the celebrity real names game that we did last week. Uh, just yeah. because after I found these twelve, I was tired of going down, you know, clickbait <laughs> rabbit holes. So you know what? Here we go. I got. I think I got twelve good ones. I hope. So let's start off with this one. Okay. Uh, so um, here's a practice one. The Michael Myers mask is actually a mask based on what actor? So if you know it, then you'll get three points. If you need one clue, you'll minus one point and get two. If you minus, if you need another clue, you'll minus another point. You'll only have one point. Obviously, if you get it wrong, you get zero. This is just a practice round. The Michael Myers mask is actually a mask based on what actor? Is everybody ready? Does everybody have their answers? Yes. All right, Ben, what do you got? William Shatner. William Shatner, yep. Drew? That would be William Shatner. Mm-hmm. Brett, what do you have? I have nope. <laughs> Steph? About Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky Good. and Dwayne? William Shatner. William Shatner. The wrong, uh, wrong uh, horror movie villain. <laughs> <laughs> So that was just a practice one. So that's okay. that's kind of how this game. Why does everyone know that? Because all of you are competitors in the movie trivia schmodown or something. Yeah. Brett. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, where nerd. I learned that. Uh, nerd, giant nerd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Horror nerd too, because horror, <laughs> I, the horror sector is where I I don't know anything. I bet Dorina would have known that. Oh yeah, I, I guarantee you, Dorina knows that for sure. That's why she's my girlfriend and I'm just there on the side. <laughs> All right. Are we going mm -hmm. on the next one already, Alex? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I forgot to ask you guys if you needed clues if you wanted to lock in. So I will make sure to do that this time. So Michael Caine said the following quote about which movie. I have never seen it on accounts that it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built and it is terrific. Have seen what? Oh. I need to. I, I've I never thought seen, I had it, but I've never seen this this movie that I was in on accounts that it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. Talking about a movie he starred in that was critically. Okay, I think I have it. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone need a clue? Yes. Sure. Yes. I thought he meant like a metaphorical house, but now I know he means like an actual house. Yes. So I got it. Okay. All right. Drew, Ben, and Dwayne are locking in. Appropriate bisexual will do donated $20. Thank you. Not sure if you guys talked about this yet. 
But did you see the photos from Netflix's upcoming Cowboy Bebop? They look legit yes. to me. Skeptical about anime adaptations because they don't have a great track record, but this looks fire. Uh, Alex, can you read them out? Because I don't think the chat can hear the schmobots. They, Ooh, they, good. they can. I forgot to unmute it after the ad read. Oh, okay. Right. Got it. Okay, they're good. Okay, cool. But yeah. it was more right. fun to answer them when we couldn't hear them and yeah. then tell yeah. them. To... Yeah. All right. And yes, we did. We did talk about it, but we'll talk about it uh, again after after this one real quick. All right. I'm locked. Anybody else locked? OK, I'm a locked. first no, we're getting... a first clue is that it is the fourth movie in a franchise film released in 1987. OK, fourth film in a franchise. Got the step after this next clip. I know I got it. I got it. I think Steph got it. Okay, I got I, you it. can give me. You can give me the franchise also. I'll give you the franchise. Uh, oh, I'll take another clip. <laughs> uh, this franchise features a aquatic monster. Hmm. I feel like Drew is a genius, and I don't really know how I feel about being yeah. <laughs> He came in and just, like, listed all of this information that was so helpful to myself in the chat, and I'm just... He knows every yeah. answer now. I get why like, they call you the godfather. I get it, Drew. Didn't realize I, tw I pretty much tailored I, this for I'm you. very old. That helps. Come on. No, it doesn't. Some cases. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, what do you got? I have Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, Steph. Jaws. Wait, Jaws four, right? Yep. Dwayne, Ben, Drew, what do you have? Well, I know. Uh, I know Steph's password now, and oh, it's oh, Jaws shit. the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. Uh, yeah, Jaws four. There it I have is. I nothing to hide. All right, so All right, I'm winning. Got it. <laughs> I honestly, Alrighty. I would love to see Michael Caine in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, though. Yeah, you said '97 or '87. '87. Then that was a stupid answer. I apologize <laughs> to everyone. Um, I like to thank the Academy for still letting <laughs> me come here. Um, All right, next question. Which Star Wars actress can you see mouthing pew 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 while firing a blaster? Oh. Actress? Actress. Can you see firing a blaster and mouthing pew pew pew? Does anyone need a clue? No. Okay. Seems like everyone's locking in. Let's see some answers. Let's start with Steph. Is it Laura Dern? It is Laura Dern. Does everybody else have it? Let's see, Dwayne. Dern, da, dern, dern, dern. Nope. Dern, dern, dern. Drew. Nope. Brett Drew, had that I want right. you to know that you not knowing that makes me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> I, okay, I honestly, I've looked for this. I can't see it. Like, I've, I've read that article, like, where, but, like, I, I, Watch that moment in Last Jedi, and I, I can't see it. I feel like this is a Laura Dern yeah. thing to do in that one HBO show that she was in, where it's like all the passive-aggressive rich moms. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, wait, uh, is it the one with Adam Scott and Shailene Woodley? Yes. Big little eyes. Yes. God, Alex, why do you whisper? I, like, want to hear you. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think it's a pretty common thing. I think uh, Ewan McGregor said that his first day of shooting, he came in and immediately started making lightsaber sounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> help. wow, wow. And they're like, we'll do it for you. It's okay. You don't have to. I think cop people who do cop movies do that a lot too. Like break doors down and bang. <laughs> and your winner. Woo! What do we get? Five gifted from Ben Chung. Thank you so much, Ben. ben I appreciate Chung. the five gifted. But yeah, especially like you know, like with with cop movies, you probably have like blanks or something like that. With with Star Wars, like it's all post. So yeah. I, I can't really blame her for like you know trying to get like the timing down of like. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Especially if they're doing any green screen, I would have a hundred percent had to create my own sounds. <laughs> I do want to see like the the behind the scenes of uh, uh, you and Maria going wow, 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 Exactly, hey, your, yours was much better. Oh, wow. thank you, thank you. <laughs> the only thing wow, I've done wow, good wow, today, wow. or well. <laughs> Uh, Alex, let's get one more before we move on. One more, okay. We do a four for now, so keep on getting your schmobots and bits and subs in. Thank you very much to everyone who has already done that. All right, next question, uh, last one for now. What movie filmed in NASA's Vomit Comet for their zero-gravity scenes? What movie filmed in NASA's Vomit Comet for their zero-gravity scenes? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so many space movies. Based on a real Wait. life. There's so many space movies. <laughs> there's Star Wars. Star there's Wars? Star Trek. Yeah. Are there any zero gravity scenes in Star Wars? No. I didn't think so. That's no, they so got weird. it all figured out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Looks like uh Brett and Drew are uh, locked repeat in. The question. I, I need 15 more seconds to lock oh in. Come on. Like what movie filmed in NASA's Vomit Comet for their zero gravity scenes? All right. Is everybody locked in? Yes. Sure. Okay. Let's see it from Ben. What's your answer? Space Jam A New Legacy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Apollo 13. Apollo 13, Drew? Yeah, Apollo 13. All 13. Brett, what you got? All 13. What the oh, fuck? yeah. Steph, what do you have? It's a gravity. Gravity and Dwayne? Gravity. All 13. All 13 is the answer. So apparently, no. they built they built an Apollo spacecraft set inside the plane, and almost every scene featuring zero gravity was filmed in that plane. They flew over 500 times in the oh. parabola. From that time, that low gravity simulation would start. They would only have 23 seconds to unstrap from restraints set up a shot, roll, and then strap back in. 500 times doing the Vomit Comet for that movie. That's, that's crazy. I would 100% have throw up in my helmet. There's no <laughs> way I'm surviving that. Pretty God, crazy. that's some trust in the pilots, too. Yeah. New but, uh, but what was it like? I think like Tom Cruise like jumped out of like in the last Mission Impossible movie, like you know where like he jumps out of the plane. I think he did that a couple hundred times too to get that that perfect shot. No way! How from mm. how high each time? I'm guessing from the proper skydiving height. I I don't I don't know what that is. Regulation skydiving height. Regulation. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I explained it to you, but I feel like you should know it. So yeah, yeah. I do. This is a teaching <laughs> moment, Steph. So yeah. I love that you gave me the opportunity to figure it out myself. I pre- like I, I'm not here to mansplain to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah thanks. My All right, Alex. What else do we have on the Duke it today? Uh, the Duke it. Um, I did see that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to star in a. F- in the film adaptation, Spider Man. This is Spider Man. It is Spider Man. No, it is not. It is actually Oblivion Song, which is a film adaptation of Robert Kirkman's uh, graphic novel uh, that he did, that he started in 2018, I believe. Um, ben, have you or have you heard of this comic? Are you excited about Jake Gyllenhaal? What do you think of Jake Gyllenhaal in general? Woo! One. Jake seems like a great guy just to get a fucking beer with. He seems like weird as hell, and I like that about him. Um, I haven't heard of this graphic novel from uh, Robert Kirkman, but the guy is batting a thousand with graphic novels and adaptations with Walking Dead and Invincible so far. So uh, it's got Kirkman on it. I'm definitely interested because the guy just like he doesn't seem to miss with this kind of stuff. Um, But I don't know. I. I, it gets me interested. I don't really know much about it. Uh, Dwayne, do you know anything about Oblivion? I know you're a big comics guy. Uh, this is one I'm not familiar with, but I'll read it now. Thanks, Dwayne. It's good. Uh, I read so the idiot. $20. I've got Woo! a behind-the-scenes movie trivia question. Which Harry Potter actor or actress would mouth other characters' lines to remember their lines? Oh. Okay, Ooh. can you read that one more time? Okay. Which Harry Potter other characters mouth their lines? Uh, uh, Alex, you cut out. Which Harry Potter actor or actress would mouth uh, the other actor's lines in the movie? I think I know it. Well, I'm going off their characters of who, same. Would, <laughs> who would know everybody else's lines. So Same. I miss. I want to rewatch the Harry Potter puppet show on YouTube. That was like the first YouTube sh- um, like episode I was so obsessed with. That's what uh, Snape. Snape. Severus. Snape oh my, came from yes, Hermione. Okay. I gotta send it to you, Ben. You're gonna love it. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Answer is Dwayne. It's Emma Watson because you can see it in a couple yeah. of the movies. <laughs> yeah. Can you really? I want to. I, I just guess because I feel like Hermione would know everybody else's homework. So yeah, I feel like she had to have been at, like being her character. It's definitely Emma Watson. Drew had Emma Watson. Steph Ask me the know. question yeah. and I'll guess. Alex. <laughs> I had uh, which which Harry Potter actor or actress would mouth other characters' lines to remember their lines? Oh, definitely. That's Emma Watson. I'm gonna Ooh, Emma three Watson points. No clue needed for you. <laughs> What was it like? I think it was for um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Alfonso Coron uh, told the kids to do an essay about their characters, and like Emma Watson, like like came in with like this like you know MLA formatted essay and stuff like that about like Hermione. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, Daniel Radcliffe like came in, like it was like fine, and then like Rupert Grant forgot to do it. <laughs> it was like that's, that's so perfect. Like you, you know your characters so that's, well. That's the assignment. You did the assignment, you Rupert. Did the perfect, assignment right there. Yeah. 
do you know anybody that mouths kind of what you're saying and also tries to finish your sentences when you're talking to them? No uh, one else? No? I do. Well, sometimes, well, maybe because we're like best friends, but sometimes Roxy will know like the end of my sentence and we'll say it and I'll be like, huh, did you know that or guess that? <laughs> you can't tell. Yeah, I've worked with somebody that would kind of mouth along with but i think it's because you know english was a second language and she was trying to like finish your sentences yeah yeah yeah, I got it, yeah. Like, get, <laughs> finish my sentence she was just rude because she didn't speak english and she lived in america and she needs to learn how to speak american but leave leave your it italian in italy lady italian <laughs> Right, you can't get away with that stuff unless you're talking like Elmo. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Italian. Italian. How much Luke and, and learned some English? <laughs> mm. No. Jesus Christ. That was somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Luca. Uh, no, but um, uh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he he has like such a good balance of like just having fun movies, like Velvet Buzzsaw. If everyone else was on Jake Gyllenhaal's level in Velvet Buzzsaw, it might have been a better movie. Um, and then he does like blockbusters, like MCU and stuff like that. So, uh, Steph, uh, does this interest you at all? Uh, is there any kind of synopsis of what Oblivion? Yeah, the, yeah. I looked it I, up. Interesting. Oh yeah, you Alex, you said you read it. Yeah, volumes of this. Uh, I really liked it. It's basically um, there's this um, kind of apocalypse event, and then uh, a, a, I think it's Philadelphia. Yeah, it's yeah. Philadelphia that was um, like brought into this other dimension, and then that's where like these monsters live. And then this one guy goes back and forth between the dimensions, trying to save people. Oblivion dimension where all the monsters are at, and bring them back to the real world. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. I, yeah. I um, I obviously am a big Robert Kirkman fan. I thought Invincible like reinvigorated like graphic novels to uh, adaptions on screen like that, and I'm so excited for season two. So I will definitely check this out. This premise isn't usually the thing that I'm so obsessed with, but when you have a good storyteller, a good writer, and a good cast, this sounds like it could be pretty dope. So I'm definitely going to check it out. Do we have um, any idea where it will be streaming from? or? Um, I don't have any info on that, but I think there was a previous article that said it was a universal movie as well. They were teaming up with Skybound. So it'll if anything, Peacock, but I, I have a feeling this will be in theaters. Okay, cool. That's really oh, nice. exciting that this will be a movie. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Drew, when it comes to like comic book adaptations, are you, you know, we got the Invincible series, we've got Doom Patrol. Uh, are you more of a series guy or do you like, you know, obviously movies? I think it depends on the source material. I love that they're doing Invincible animated, finally. I think that's the perfect fit for it, and I think they've absolutely knocked that adaptation out of the park. Um, I'm really excited about Why the Last Man, finally. I, I oh, am yeah. curious to see if they get it right. I, I love that book. I think it's a terrific book. Um, but I think they're these books especially that have like a closed ending on them that have a beginning, a middle and an end and know where they're going uh, like sweet tooth on Netflix. 
I thought Sweet Tooth was a terrific first season, and it helps that they're finished. They know what that is. There's not like a big dangling mystery out there. They've finished the series, and it's in print. So now the adaptation becomes, you know, just how do you play with those things? How do you do it right? And I, I think they did a really nice mix. Invincible is super faithful, which I like, but there's mm-hmm. enough room for invention as well. Like it's, it feels like my memories of reading the book, and I haven't read the book in long enough that the things they're doing that are different don't bother me. It doesn't feel like they've thrown everything out the window. Um, and I, I think with uh, Oblivion Song, it's. A, I'm interested in the fact that right now everything's apocalypse. We can't kind of help but have the apocalypse on our minds for very yeah. obvious reasons. And our fiction is super anxious about the apocalypse. It's coming from somewhere in a lot of the fiction right now. And this is just another way to posit a terrible event that you're trying to recover from and trying to figure out a way through. And I think Lakeith Stanfield is a great choice to, to star in this thing. Um, oh, I think we've we've really only seen the minimum of what that guy can do. And I think this is a really nice fit for him. Is it like, I think there's a Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's in this one. Uh, is Lakeith, uh, wait, I read something Lakeith else that he's in. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm so excited for that. I too. think I just got, yeah, I think I got my signals crossed on something. Cause yeah, I read something else that he had just signed to do. Uh, look, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think his choices like Nightcrawler, he is a stone cold weirdo, and I think he's a stealth weirdo, which is really appealing. Like he yeah. looks like a movie star, they and inside him. that guy is a giant bag of nut. So it's yeah. uh, it's a fascinating mix, and I I think his choices speak to that. Steph, what yeah. are your opinions on a giant bag of nuts? <laughs> a giant bag of nuts. Well, it depends. I like a mixed nut. So like you never on just one. You have some cashews and almonds. Yeah. Some walnuts if you're feeling frisky. But mm. Lakeith Sanfield will star in the Changeling TV adaption for Apple. That's what it was. And that book yeah. is fantastic. I'm yeah. sorry. That was the thing that he, he was attached to this morning. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. I agree with you, though. Lakeith Sanfield, I'm so excited to see what, what the rest of his career looks like. I think he's fucking weird like Jake Gyllenhaal, too. Like, if you yeah. see yeah. some Absolutely. of the he's done, oh my, I just love the range. Like You have him in Atlanta, and he's like this side character that somehow steals every, every moment he's in by being so weird and subdued. And then you have him in Judas and the Black Messiah being completely different. So the changeling yeah. will be exciting too. Yeah, I, I think uh, Hall has made a real choice in how he's handled his career. He could have easily had the big, bigger movie star thing, and he could be starring in the Marvel movies, not showing up and playing the wacko bad guy. <laughs> yeah, and I think he's made that decision that he likes that. I you look at him on the Mulaney special, and to me that is Jake Gyllenhaal. He, sh- uh, I don't know if you guys all saw that, but uh, he has a segment like that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, that and it's it's crazy. Like, it's real crazy. Yeah. And you get the feeling that's where he's comfortable. So, totally. Yeah. For sure. Or, like, even someone like Okja. Like, like yeah. it could have yeah. been, like, the most nothing role. But he was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And he was like, okay, let's, let's do that. <laughs> I love Okja. Um, but, yeah, I, I I am super excited about it. But also, it's, like, it's such a good point of, like, making a movie with, like, an adaptation. Like, there's actually going to be a story. just Because I feel like a lot of series coming out nowadays – the entire first season is set up for the second season. 
like I always go back to like Jupiter's legacy. Like I felt like there wasn't much of a story there. It was all like an origin story. And then at the very end, it was like, oh, well, here's the villain for season two, even though there wasn't one in season one. And now it's really getting I'm like, what the f- I just spent eight hours on this shit. <laughs> yeah, you can't be that transparent about it. You still have to tell a story like ultimately yeah. you and every episode, I think, should also move the, the ball a little bit down the field in some way. Uh, even even if the episode doesn't push the bigger story forward, tell me something, do something. Give me a reason to have invested that hour. I think a lot of people have forgotten the art of that in this age of streaming. It's just, I'm making a 10-hour movie, so if the three middle hours stink, so what? Yeah. Yeah. I would way rather have every episode hit and possibly not a second season. Like, I have some shows that I love, never got a second season, but I'm so much happier in my mind thinking about them that they did a great first season. Exactly. Yeah, just like and but even with like really good shows, like I felt like that was kind of like euphoria, too. I felt like it was like a lot. It was really well done. It was well acted. Um, But then like I was like, where where did we end up? Like, where did we go this whole like, you know, 10 episodes on HBO? And now it's like I hear like the two specials are really good, but I don't know if I'm going to be returning for the show because I was like the, the first season like didn't really go anywhere for me. And then we just kind of ended like on a musical number, which was <laughs> A choice, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brett, are you like, are you interested? Is this interest you at all? Or are you kind of like graphic novel, comic book adaptation, like burnt out? It's it's a tough thing for me today, just in general, because uh, Drew just speaks the same as I do and has the same opinions. <laughs> so he's, you know, like we both have like an eloquence of the way we speak about uh, film and television. So yeah, I mean, I he kind of took my answer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I saw the picture of uh, Jake in that one and I wish I looked that good. That's my, <laughs> that's your thought. I want to get ripped like that. Yeah. That's my <laughs> two cents. Right. Um, next. I, I really <laughs> would love like that. The, like just like the, the Disney, like the MCU trainers. Can I get the MCU trainers and right. dietitians for like six months? Yes. If you guys like that's that's what I want for my birthday. Someone to hire me the Disney dietitian and trainers please, please. until June and I promise I'll I'll get you your money's worth and post nothing but thirst traps yes. like, for the rest of 2022. <laughs> so like d- December to June is the work and then June to fucking next December, oh my god, you will Absolutely. get so sick of my abs. It will be crazy. That's that's all Put I want. Up. Get it going. Speaking of apps, did you guys, uh, I know we don't need to do like a spoiler review or anything, but did everybody watch uh, What If last night or this morning? I haven't yet. I uh, I saw the first two uh, and I had a screener for this one and then my kids were over that weekend and we didn't make it to it and then it expired <laughs> and I I was very upset. That's the first time that's, that's happened in a while. Uh, no, I haven't seen the new one yet, but um, I, I thought the second one in particular was terrific. How Drew, how are you feeling about the animation style, like the medium that they're presenting it in? Are you liking it? Like, does it does it go back? And I feel like I'm like back and forth about it. Sometimes it looks great. And then other times I'm like, not, not so I much. Think I think it's pretty expressive. I think that it's doing a nice job of suggesting the actors without being slavish to them. And I thought they did a lot of nice little touches. I really like the design for Captain Carter when she got gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, I Awesome. Uh, I thought that was pretty great. Uh, I thought the um, I thought the animation last week in particular. Um, 
a lot of the character stuff with Thanos was really nice. A lot of the little behavior stuff. I thought Howard the Duck looked great. Um, it Bob, comes Bob, down two to, words, Blonde Nebula. That's all I got to say about that. Oof, man. Took it comes down to me for performance. And I think they're express. I think the animation is expressive. There's a lot of personality in what they're doing. So as long mm -hmm. as they can continue to do that, I'm okay with it. It's a strange style. It definitely takes a little bit to get used to, but it works for me in a way that uh, some of these motion comic things don't. And it's because I think there is still fluidity and you still see the people in there. For sure. Uh, Brett, did you, did you manage to catch it last night? And if you didn't, like, is this the first non-appointment viewing of MCU television? Um, yes, I don't think this this is this. And uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier are the only things we haven't... Oh, no, we brought up that I haven't seen Spider-Man because it's not free on Disney Plus because it's not... It's it's Sony, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. This one, I don't know if this is one we're going to... We're going to get into. Mm -hmm. And not not it looks interesting to me, but we have a lot of other things on our docket, like you know, Bachelor in Paradise. More important <laughs> things to 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 Fuck numb Island. numb your brain with, and 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 learn nothing, and and just hate humanity. So yeah, that's that's where we're at right now. But I don't know if I could. I, I this I mentioned it to my wife, and I don't think it's something um, she's down for. But it sounds super cool. And I have heard the same thing. Like the first one's good, the second one um, really, you know, is done well and kind of uh, um, is taking off. And yeah, I'm, I think it'll keep uh, doing well. Yeah, Steph, uh, what about you? Like, how are you feeling about the first three episodes of What If so far? I I psyched myself out of the show. I haven't seen it yet because wow. I was. I told Ugh. you the what if premise kind of bothered me. I remember that. I'm going to definitely watch a Chadwick Boseman episode uh, just because I feel like as a fan of his, I really want to see something that he did and believed in. So I, I'm definitely going to watch that. And that will probably reinvigorate me and make me feel like I'm an idiot for not watching it when it was coming out week by week. Because every other MCU show I watched week by week as it dropped. And I love that because I love being a part of the conversation. But this one, I'm, you know, I'm doing like a God, uh, not Godfather rewatch. I'm doing a uh, Sopranos. Uh, Sopranos watch. And then I have to even out Soprano episodes with Ted Lasso. So I don't go to bed all like <laughs> angry mob member. There's a lot on my plate right now. So I'll get to it. I love all the good reviews. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and so that excites me. That's good. Yeah, that, that's fair. And like, it, it is kind of weird, like that it is kind of the first, even with Bad Batch, you know, I'd wake up at least Friday morning. Like if it was like a big episode of Bad Batch, I feel like it was always trending or something like that. I don't think I've seen a, a what if trend yet. And I know that's like a stupid metric to judge it by, but just like when every single Friday it was like, holy shit, did you see WandaVision? Mm -hmm. Holy shit, did you see Loki? Oh my God, like this is fucking crazy, like huge implications and it just seems like this is I don't I'm sure that it's doing great numbers, but it is kind of different than like, like seeing like it blow up the the stratosphere every single time now. Yeah, yeah. it's not as I think just the part that's it excites me that I don't want to be the type that only watches something that's in that's interconnected to a greater universe because I think that restricts creativity in a lot of senses. It also 
enables creativity. I think what the MCU has done and now DCEU is trying to do similar fashion of connecting a universe is really cool when it's done right. And I don't want to fall into the pattern of not caring because it's not as connected. And we don't even know if it, it could be, especially with everything being introduced in the multiverse. And so it could be connected, but a part of it's like, there's so much to watch if this isn't connected to the MCU and we already have so many things we have to watch to stay connected to it. Do I have to watch this? Yeah. I think what you'll like about the T'Challa episode then is that it's about those connections. It's about okay. how those connections, if you change one, what it does to all the other connections. So you see all the other relationships and the way they all fall into place mm -hmm. and it comments on the thing you already love. So it's not that it, will or won't affect the larger continuity. It's more a mirror that they hold up to the continuity you love to talk to you about why it works so well and what you love about those characters. So it's the way they, they're bent. When you see what they did with Thanos or you see what they did with, my favorite thing about the T'Challa episode without spoiling it is the choice they make for Jaiman Hunsu's character. I think he yeah. is hilarious, but it's a very cool, real choice. Like if it was this character, this would be their relationship. And it's just brilliant. And to me, it just, it amplifies why we like the connections that already exist. Okay. And especially with, and it's like the end of it, I was like, oh, wow, they just made it to where if Chris Pratt wasn't Star-Lord, the entire universe would just benefit. I'm like, that's a, that's a bold choice, Disney. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, but then, it, like, no spoilers, but at the end of the episode, they're like, yeah, but then there's this. And it's a really good, like, oh, everything's better, but there's this. So I, that's such a good point, Drew. And that's the thing is that with Captain Carter, I love Captain Carter. But for me, it was like very, it's like they didn't, they're like, okay, this first time we're going to make it just like the first Avenger, but with, with Captain Carter instead. Basically the same story. We're going to have like a giant squid in there just for fun. But then like with the T'Challa episode and then with this, with this latest one, uh, like they actually like, all right, okay. Now, now we're getting into some actual what ifs. Like now these are like brand new stories. You've seen like some similar beats in there. And that's why I like last night's or today's episode the most. Cause it's like something we've never done. Like there's no like real connections here. There's like a, a few moments where like, oh, I recognize this. And mm -hmm. then they added to it. And then they switched it. And I was like, oh, oh, this is this is really cool. So the more the, the season goes along, the more I'm liking it. The the animation, like the uh Black Widow throws some punches in this last one, and it was like like I was like, what was that? But then it goes back into like the smooth animation. So like it's going back and forth with me. Uh Dwayne, how are you feeling about it? What what I love about this show is it is the most comic book thing that we've gotten from Marvel probably since the MCU has started. Yeah. Uh, it, I think a lot of people are that are struggling with it have gotten used to this like kind of rigid continuity canon that we've kind of gotten over the past, you know, 15 years and you've kind of forgotten that comic books end and restart and the story changes and characters are yeah. changed and it happens over and over and over and over again. And like last, last night or today's episode is 
I mean, it's very reminiscent of one of my favorite Marvel stories, which is Punisher kills the Marvel Universe, which is this like super graphic, crazy uh, Garth Ennis book where the Punisher's family was killed in a battle between the Avengers and the X-Men and some aliens and not by the mob. And then he goes he goes off and kills everyone in the Marvel Universe and it's it's one of my favorite stories because it's just nuts and this is like what if is that it's it's just letting someone like i explained it on the inner geekdom show it's if you were a kid and you had your action figures the stories that you would make up in the sandbox that's that's what Mm -hmm. this show is and i love it say like it's it's the more I watch it, the more I am like kind of just like letting go and having fun with it. And you're right. Like Marvel's always been like that. Gra- like it's comic book, but it's grounded. Like, you know, like everything is based in science and stuff like that. Now we're getting into like, you know, the multiverse and mystical stuff. You see, like, you know, in the in the Spider-Man trailer, we're really like, OK, they're starting to let things go. They're starting to like let it, you know, become more comic booky. Uh, now that, you know, they've got like that base audience that will turn up for literally anything they do. But I, I I am enjoying this, like, the more I talk about it, I feel like I'm talking myself into it. But it does, it's just weird, like, you know, it's the first Disney Plus show that hasn't been appointment viewing. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, Mandalorian or something like that. Uh, so, it's interesting to see, but I, I think they're getting, like, a good reaction from it. And I'm excited. How many episodes are we getting? Or it's, like, 10 or 12 or? I think it's, I think it's only six. Is it only see. six? Um, I don't know. I haven't started watching it again. I I don't feel the urgency to. Uh, it's ten episodes. Um, I, yeah, I was gonna say. Season. I think it's 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 ten, and I think um, I I'll be honest. I I know about I... four, four of them already, mm-hmm. and kind of what I was worried about when the first episode um uh, was released with how exactly. The watcher was going to tie into everything from what I know so far. My worries are still there, but I think the interconnectedness that people are looking for is coming. Yeah, they they haven't released a lot of the information about the watcher. And I think most people who are not familiar with the character and have only are have only seen the watcher in this show have no idea the cosmic implications of the character and they're going to have to explain that at some point. And it's I think it's coming in one of these shows or one of these episodes. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, I like I'm wondering. I wonder, honestly, if Jeffrey Wright is going to continue as the watcher into the actual MCU. Like if he's going to be like in live action stuff. I'm interested to see that. But I am I am wondering, like, is all this all three of these stories? Because all three of these stories so far could be in the same universe or they could be in different universes. And so that would be interesting to see, but uh, is, it is nine okay. episodes. Sorry, nine episodes. Okay. Mm, yes. Um, I don't have a good segue, so Brett, you want to read the next ad? I think I could do that, Ben. Listen, when's the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? I know my son. I offered him a hundred dollars to brush his damn teeth because his breath stunk so bad, almost knocked me out. But with Quip's electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. 
you probably heard us talk about Quip a million times, and the but now they have a brand new system of rewards that reward you and your mouth. The Quip Smart Brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. Track when and how well you brush, get tips and coaching to improve your habits, earn points for daily brushing, and bonus points for completing challenges. Redeem for rewards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and partners. If you already have a Quip, upgrade with, with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love. Sensitive sonic vibrations, two-minute timer, and 30-second pulses for guided clean. Slim, lightweight, sleek, no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. Multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror to mount for less clutter. All right, listen. They've got mint or watermelon toothpaste with anti-cavity ingredients for strong, healthy teeth. They also have floss. They have sugar-free gum with that really cool dispenser that you can just like click it and shoot a piece of gum at somebody so that you don't have to touch each other anymore, which we don't like doing. And they have refillable mouthwash that's good for you and the planet, which is very important. In addition to the brush heads, Quip also delivers the floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, and gum refills every three months for five from $5. Okay, shipping is free, so you can save money and skip the hustle and bustle of in-store shopping. Who likes to in-store shop anymore? Not me. Join over 5 million mouths who use Quip and save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get the Quip Smart Brush for just $45. All right, start getting those brushing rewards today. Go to getquip.com slash big thing right now and save $10 on a Quip electronic toothbrush. That's $10 on a smart electric toothbrush. Getquip.com slash big thing. Do I need to spell it out for you? All right, I will. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash big thing. Quip, <laughs> a good habits company. Go get those stinking fake teeth clanged and your feet. Just for this one, get your teeth. Oh, you almost, you almost had it. <laughs> so close. Oh, oh. That was like when someone's like just breath, like strutting I... across the finish line and then they just trip. <laughs> All right, Alex, how many games do we owe? Uh, are we counting that last subs that gave us that question? Are we counting that as one? What do you think? What? That yeah, person was... that gave us a five. Yeah, that's one. Okay, sounds good. And we owe one more question. Amazing. Amazing, amazing. Stupendous. <laughs> okay, here's your question. Which person almost played the Terminator, but James Cameron thought he was too likable and innocent to be believable in the role? What year did the Terminator come out? 85? 84? 82? Let me see. 84 is when it came out. 84, okay. Why don't we just ask the Godfather to look to the Godfather first? Okay. Is anybody locking in, and does anybody need a clue? I'm locked in. He was Drew too likable to be the Terminator. Like, I'm, you I'm wouldn't believe in. that it... Uh, yeah, like, uh, I'll, I'll take one. I'll take a clue. Okay. 
Steph, do you need a clue? Yeah, sure. Okay. This person is also known for playing, uh, also known amongst other things for playing football. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I dropped my board on accident. <laughs> and my eraser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it. Steph, do you need another clue? Um, can I have just like a minute? <laughs> if I get another clue, uh, like how low do I go? You'll just get one point. Okay, I'm just gonna fucking guess. I'm ready. Okay. All right, he's likable and he plays football. There's okay. literally only one guess. Thought he oh, was really? too likable. Or, or he was likable at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm I mean, already wrong. He did just say he didn't want to move back to LA just in case he ran into someone that wasn't likable. <laughs> ben, what do you have? It's OJ. <laughs> it's OJ Simpson. Drew, what do you have? OJ. OJ. Drew. Oh, sorry, uh, Brett. I, I, Sylvester Stallone. I think it was a good answer, but wrong. <laughs> I, that's why. That's why I needed the second clue because I was yeah. like, I, I, I. It sounds like it would be Stallone, but yeah. Steph? I put Carl Weathers. Didn't he play football? That's a good choice, too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you, Drew. Yeah. Dwayne? He did that shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did that Dwayne, shit. did he read his book? I didn't do that shit, but if <laughs> I didn't do that shit, how I would have done it? <laughs> Clearly, he's innocent. <laughs> The answer was O.J. Simpson. Uh, what a what a interesting choice if that was to happen. Yeah, right. It would make oh. that movie real, real hard to watch now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be going around murdering shit. a bunch of white women before he finds yeah. the right, wo no, <laughs> right woman no. to murder. That would not be a movie that you would go back to these days. No. Uh, no. It's old. <laughs> Tough. But I, I, Brett, I do want to give you credit. In Last Action Hero, Sylvester Stallone is on a Terminator poster. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. And they, they do make a joke about that because, like, the kid goes up to him and is like, what? No, this is supposed to be you. <laughs> Brett definitely thought that. That's yes. why he put Sylvester Stallone. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. Brett was, like, just too five-head about it and just, like, talking yeah. himself out of the correct answer. I was just like, yeah. uh, I just didn't even want to write OJ's name because I'm so yeah. broke. <laughs> so woke. Yeah. That's fair. Like, yeah. Uh, Alex, do we have any, any, uh, any other uh, news to cover for the day? Um, I just want to shout out RubyXOG1 for donating 500 bits. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, as far as, I mean, I've had this in the in the rundown for a few days, but um, <laughs> one of the things I'm interested in is uh, the Matrix sequels, because I don't like them. Alex, can you I swear to God, your mic knows when you're about to start a sentence and it cuts yeah. out. It's pretty funny, honestly. Uh, but go ahead, say it one more time. Okay. I'm interested in uh, reappraising the Matrix sequels when uh, when I rewatch them because I don't remember liking them necessarily. But okay. do you think? But uh, certainly Jennifer Hudson thinks that uh, Cats can be reappraised in a few years. Ooh. Ben, do you think this is uh, something we'll all 
probably do in a few years. <laughs> Did you like the movie in general? Before? I still haven't seen it. I still I'm waiting to go see like I don't know if it's going to be like a Rocky Horror Picture thing or like uh, the room thing. But I'm waiting for a rowdy cat showing like I'm waiting to go see it in a theater with a big crowd and just get lit. Just get torched on like cat themed cocktails and then be singing like I'm going to listen to the songs beforehand and we're all going to be singing along like we're like at a, a soccer hooligans match like that's what I'm waiting for to see cats because I feel like if I watch it on HBO Max I'm going to fucking hate it um but you know what I like I will say Jennifer Hudson in that first trailer seeing it over and over again she almost got me and luckily, a second trailer came out before the movie did, and I was like, oh, okay, this is the movie. You almost fucking had me because you put <laughs> your, your best foot forward with Jennifer Hudson, who's, like, crazy talented, and she was, like, emotionally singing that song, and it was just, like, you know, the slow-mo images of, like, the ballet and the dancing and stuff. It almost got me. You almost fucking got me, but another trailer came out, and I was like, nope, no, 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 uh, but... You know what? I I can't blame her for saying this, but Drew, you've seen the movie. Will we ever look? F- I uh, guarantee there's going to be in ten years. You know the the hot take thing pieces of why Cats is so good. But do you think we ever think as like a society we will turn around on Cats? No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, ah, no. Uh, and I, look, I've I've part of the reason I became a film critic was because when I was very young, there were movies I would see that didn't hit, that weren't hits, that didn't make money, that weren't critically successful, that I loved, that I was sure people were just wrong. And I was going to get older and I was going to tell them you were wrong. And that's been a lot of my career. Um, So I get it. Movies definitely have a, a shelf life. And over time, they land with the audience that they landed with. Cats is a inept movie. Like it's truly <laughs> technically inept. It is a bad film start to finish. And the truth of the matter, the original stage play is not terribly well respected. It ran forever, but <laughs> McDonald's has sold a lot of cheeseburgers. They're not terribly well respected either. And I think that Cats is one of those things, man. It it was inevitable as a film. I still think if they were really going to do it the way it was animated, which is what Spielberg wanted to do for years, and that probably would have been the the one way you could pull it off, live action, it's a goddamn nightmare machine start to finish, and it will always be a goddamn nightmare machine start to finish. <laughs> but will you watch the butthole cut, Drew? Uh, in a heartbeat. Yes. <laughs> what are these questions, Alex? Are you a yeah. professional or what? <laughs> And it will only amplify the nightmare. It will be even worse. Jason Derulo. That, that's the re-release. That that is the re-release I want to see in theaters. Like you can have your Snyder cuts. You can have like your days, like your Rogue cuts for Days of Future Past. Give me a theatrical butthole cut release. Pull and that matters. I do think it'll have the, the life that you AMC. suggested, though the cult life. I do think it'll yeah. have like sing along yeah. screenings and laugh along screenings, and people will come and eat five pounds of edibles and yep. just have <laughs> catnip but, gummies. But it I is. Do want, yeah. I do want to see a rowdy screening with a butthole cut on stage. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I wouldn't want to see it on stage because I feel like. 
those are like real actors like and they like i don't know if they would like do you think like a, a, a theatrical like a live action would like that like them like to us being rowdy the entire time and their assholes are out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like it's a movie. Like I'm it's already so already upset. got paid all the millions. But no, I would be so upset if I trained to be on theater in the a theater production, and I was like, you know what? Fine. This is an artistic expression. I'm gonna put my asshole out, and then to have <laughs> everyone laugh. I would never come back from that. So we can't do that. Is that what that. you say for your OnlyFans, Steph? This is artistic yeah. expression. I'm gonna put my asshole out there. Yeah. I'm, I want to soundbite that. <laughs> but if you laugh at my asshole, you're blocked. I swear it's to God, over. I'm taking okay? it back. It's over. <laughs> it's over for you, hoes. No more butthole. Good work. Had to laugh. After Just had to laugh. And everything. Unbelievable. Uh, Brett, do you have any? In- have you seen this? Uh, like, I, uh, I haven't. I, I, I want to see it uh, for no, you, you know comedic sense. But like <laughs> from what I've heard, like Drew say, it's not even fun. It's not even bad funny. So then it, yeah, it's it's not something I would. I would. I'd be down to do like a, a Rocky Horror kind of a thing. But um, yeah, I don't know about a live version. And but. You could have everybody on board at the live show to do it, and they yell things back at you maybe and make it fun and, and one of yeah. those things. You wouldn't want to take, like, the OG, you know, uh, um, stage actors and then yeah. just exactly. people yell like shit at them. You just get a water bottle and you squirt them, and then they'll just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you bring your own cats with you. Just let them roam do you guys around remember, the theater. Do you guys remember that, that fashion thing that was around for, like, two or three months where everybody was buying foxtails and like wearing them. Do you guys remember that? No. Like, was that like, a, like it was, a, yeah, a I remember thing? it. Like, I don't think a little. Dwayne remembers it. No, Dwayne knows what like, I'm talking about. They were like wearing them like on their belt loops. It wasn't even like yeah. wearing it as a tail. This was like a hot topic thing. No, no. they were like expensive. Yeah. It, it was, oh, yeah. It, it was a stupid fashion trend that, yeah. I remember the little like what chinchilla foots and the rabbit feet that people would put on their keychains. I'm like, I never understood that. Just... Yeah, but that was like mid '90s. Like everyone, everyone like uh, rabbit feet on their keychains. Yeah, no, I don't remember these belts though. Man, I can't remember when it like what it was, year it was, like, but I remember it was like two or three years ago. Yeah, it was yeah. like super like a flash in the pan. Like everyone like bought foxtails and was like wearing them i was like what the fuck is happening it was like it was like an extra bougie wallet chain yeah (laughs) it really was it was wild that sounds so stupid but no like i i would honestly rent out a theater if like i had like a big group of friends to go and see the butthole cut of cats yeah i haven't seen it either i would uh, either version so i would i haven't either very down to watch that i I am not going to watch it unless I'm like macro dosing shrooms. I'm not <laughs> watching But I feel like that would be sober. a really bad trip. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would be the wrong movie to do shrooms to because. Yeah, be, be very careful with your with your movie picks. It'll, yeah. it'll yeah. go. It, it's going to go one way or the other. It'll either yeah. be really good or really bad. Everyone's just like singing and dancing in on the corner. You see Dwayne. He's like, this <laughs> is art. <laughs> wow. Everyone shut the fuck up. I'm trying to watch. <laughs> this is cinema. <laughs> 
Dwayne just comes out of the theater just weeping. <laughs> oh my god. Like, Drew, since you've seen it, I've gotta ask, like, what do you think the whole team behind it thought when they were laying this down? Like, did they think that this was like a kind of funny expression of this theater like this play or do you think that they were like this is deep shit is there something that like we're missing i think cast member to cast member it it, like you look at them in the film half of them look like they have no idea what is happening or what the end result's going to be and it sounds like the process like tom hooper was out of his mind and the whole digital fur technology and all of that like it really sounds like it must have been an insane shoot where you just had to trust that this guy had a master plan and clearly he did not. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you see the end result and nope, uh, there was no larger plan. This is just, you're going to look ridiculous. Um, oh. I, I think with any with any movie like this right now, uh, whether it's the Planet of the Apes films or this, or you, you really are uh, where the wild things are, there's an element of trust where you are just hoping that at the end, all of this sort of comes together and looks right and works somehow. Can you imagine what it was like on the set of Benjamin Button? Like, I I guess this is a thing that will be on screen, but we have zero idea on set and zero way of showing you what this is going to be. Yeah. Um, there's such a, it really is at this point, such a weird act of faith to be an actor and be in one of these really effects heavy movies. Well, it's yeah. like, I feel like and when everyone, it goes wrong. Oh God, does it go wrong? So. It's like I feel like everyone like took took the wrong note out of like Tom Hardy and Charlie Theron. Like when they came back from the desert making Fury Road, and they're like, "This is going to be terrible." He was doing this and that. And we were just we had no idea. And then you know it became like what should have won Best Picture that year, and just like the most crazy, amazing, beautiful thing. So everyone's like, "Okay." We gotta trust these directors. It's like no, some sometimes you, the, well, the look, even is on the wall, guys. Sometimes you gotta listen to those red flags. <laughs> even the right director, like you, you it, sometimes director will get all the way out to sea and be like, "Oh Christ, I didn't know the boat had to come back. Yeah. I didn't know I had to make it to shore. Oh no!" And that's it. You're just done. You're just done. Um, yeah, I do. I do think on some of these giant gambles, there just there must come a moment where you all kind of look at each other and you're like. Wow. Okay. Well, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're in it. We got to get to the I other just, end now. I I would have loved to. I would love to have been a fly in the wall in in the meeting where he's like, "I got this. I got this." Dancing roaches. <laughs> Wait, I saw a girl on. She's like blowing up on TikTok. She has a roach collection. And she collects collects cockroaches. She's like eight years old. She collects cockroaches and like has these tubs of fucking cockroaches that she keeps in her house. And she's like explaining them and naming them. And I, I just don't. Drew, you said you have kids, right? Well, like, what would you do if your like kids were like, "Daddy, bug collection now." You know, I, you got to encourage their interests and <laughs> she's probably going to win a Nobel prize and discover some new meat substitute. And we're all going to be working for her eventually. Um, <laughs> and right now she's the bug kid and it seems crazy, but yeah, I, there, there's a up to a limit. Like, you know, you don't lean into the dynamite obsession when they're that age, but yeah, I, you, you got to really encourage that kind of uh, God, deep fascination. 
Wasn't yeah. cockroaches what they used in um, Snowpiercer as the food for yep. the... Yes, the, the yep. protein so Maybe she's yeah. on to something. There she goes. She's going to be on the train, man. Oh, and she's going to be at the front. Yeah, she, I was going to say, she's at the front. That's right. Steph, gonna be the tilde I, swing. <laughs> I, I, I have a question that I want to ask you, but I think I already know the answer. Okay. Ah. She, is she white? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and she reminded me so much of when I was younger, my parents took me, they had like, the, we were friends with, one of the white families we were friends with growing up and we go over and they introduce the kids and they're like basically like step you have to make friends with her because this is their like only daughter it's like okay cool like how bad could it be and i like go up to her room i'm a little kid like i haven't had many play dates my parents were pretty strict about it growing up and i go into her room and she's like can i show you something and i was like sure what and she what, like are you doing the braces list thing real no, quick no 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 okay I was, can i can show I you something, something? <laughs> steffi steffi come here yeah now i am she <laughs> runs and then comes back and she has like this whole tub and then she opens it and it's just insects and i was i oh, was Jesus. so shocked i was like what who the keeps insects in their house I, I did not understand uh so we never hung out again but yeah <laughs> <laughs> step responded can i show you something i'll be right back and i never came back <laughs> yeah, i just left I said actually no you can't but no I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, there's there is that guy. I I don't know he's probably on tiktok now too but like he's on instagram <laughs> where he just puts like the giant bugs on his face i'm like what I'm sure you actually do love insects, but like, what a thing to like having to keep doing. It's like, oh, God, I gotta make another fucking Instagram video and like put this goddamn <laughs> butterfly on my fucking face. Like, oh. it's like no. goth kids. You know, there's mornings goth kids get up and go, oh God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta put on the makeup and the wristbands. <laughs> no matter how much you mean it, there just have to be days where you're like, oh, God. <laughs> no, they don't. Well, just growing up with a goth kid in my family, my brother went through a massive emo phase and this was like peak screamo music like it warp tour was at its most popular so this was like the generation that changed the punk scene and he was hairsprayed his hair was like out in every fucking direction and Super he had glue. makeup on yeah they don't shower drew so it's not like oh. every day they're, yeah they're not Even doing better. it every day <laughs> yeah. uh here's a bug all right yeah again yeah here's the bug. yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a couple of my neighbors, like were like the huge like skater people, like you know, like the patch vests and all that stuff, and just like you look at their hair closely, and you could see like the Elmer's glue that they had put in their hair <laughs> to make it like that spiky, and it's like, like it's it's ironic, like you're you're very counterculture, but you're spending more time on your hair than like my sister does, like, and like you know that took a lot of work to do, totally, to get your hair like that spiky. And, yeah, you have to tease it, and, and then like you know, they're throwing all like their anti-flag uh, patches and like you know yeah. the all that stuff into there. It's like oh. I remember when they started selling those jackets at like Hot Topic. I'm like, yep, there it is. It's not cool anymore, guys. <laughs> when you're selling a patch jacket, it's no longer counterculture. Yeah, <laughs> or like when think. when distressed jeans became a thing. Yes, you could I still wear them. You could literally go to an American Eagle. And like, just walk up to a pair of jeans and just do this, and it would they would tear because they were so ready to be ripped. 
Like that was like the look. Men are so, I will say this. I have never seen men collectively as a whole, as a species, ride for the anti-distress gene movement. Anytime I see a girl in ripped jeans or distressed jeans, any man in a five mile radius will say, (laughs) did it cost extra to get those rips in those jeans? (laughs) (laughs) Do you all just have a down all meeting and want to rag on my fashion choices? I, I don't have a problem with them. I just like that's just a great I'm, joke. I'm just I'm old, I'm old enough to remember before they were sold like that. And you had yeah. to do it yourself. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I, I try not to always do that. But I think every now and then it's a nice little fashion statement. Like I still remember how to like like do it correctly so that you don't unravel your jeans yeah, entirely. Like, yeah. like knife like you got to like yeah. go like back. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah, my, my mom refused to get me those. My my mom refused to get me that, and I wanted to wear FUBU as a little kid. And she was oh. like, yeah. I'm not buying you FUBU. I was like, okay. FUBU. That's the saddest that was... Atlanta episode of all time. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, very old, so I'm just going to tell you, I wore parachute pants to Oh, school. my God. Michael Jackson yeah. parachute true. pants. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and Miami Vice pastels. That's how old I am. So, yes. thank you. Ben, thank you. Miami Vice is making a comeback. That that pastel look is making it, it with is. like the rolled up laser. That's making a comeback. I got invited. Yeah. My girl had a um a birthday party, and she said Miami Vice, and I almost forgot what the theme was. But Drew, I have to see a fashion photo of you. Oh no, you don't. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> don't exist. That was that was in the eighties. There are no photos from the eighties. Damn it! Yeah, ben, that was pre-cameras. Sorry, ben, I don't. I don't know what the demographic of of your your <laughs> school was, but you not wearing FUBU was probably a good choice. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I wanted FUBU and Timberlands in middle school. My mom was like, "What? What are you? T- no, you, you are such a spicy. Well, I guess you are. You're Latino, aren't you? I was gonna Arch- say you're spicy white. Yeah. I just, yeah. like, I just I love I love black fashion. I love black fashion. I did. I don't blame you. You're at the forefront of a lot of cultural movement. I, I, I actually like I just didn't want to dress like a white kid. Like I wanted um what are those Adidas called? Uh like the white Adidas, like the three stripes. Shelto. Like, the Sheltos. Oh, the airport. Yeah, I wanted huh. that. I wanted like the dark, dark fucking jeans. So like I went back and forth if I wanted to dress like when FUBU and Timberlands, or if I wanted to dress like in the, in the Converse and the dark jeans, like I just never wanted to dress like a white kid. That's basically my my yeah. problem. Did you have some fat farms? Those are my faves. I never had. I I definitely had. I never had Vans. Like everyone loved Vans, um, but I was I was more into like Etni or like DC. Like oh, I yeah. love skate shoes. Skate shoes were the like that was my favorite part of fashion. Was like skate shoes and like baggy jeans. My, like skate that was seventh and eighth grade. Skate fashion back then was sick with like the fire guy. What was like Spitfire? Flame. Yeah, yeah Spitfire. Spitfire. So the, that was a cool era. Like, that was like the Jackass era. I love. I like that white boy sure. fashion yeah. era. Skate, skate era. Skate fashion was definitely just like the easiest to do, and it was like it was like oh perfect. I can wear like whatever skate shoes and like people like great perfect. DC Volcom, yeah, all of that. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. they're so bringing hard. back baby fat though. I'm so excited. I'm baby, gonna, fat. Um, baby Fat is Kamorley Simmons brand. It was a really popular female fashion oh. brand in the 90s and early 2000s. It was gotcha. it was pre-Apple Bottom Jeans. Yep. 
Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. It, it started well, the that, whole. Bottom juice, like in in college for me. It it started the whole juicy on the ass trend. Yep. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. Which now yeah. Juicy Couture, which used to be such an elitist brand that would sell their um, matching sweat outfits for like $300 each and all the girls would be dying for them, are now full circle, sold at Forever 21. You can't make this shit up. Oh, it's- yeah. Like Paris Hilton like was all about Juicy. That's all she would wear on like um, with a sim- Simple Life. Like her yeah. and Nicole Richie just in Juicy sweat, uh, Juicy sweatsuits. Like crazy. Really expensive fashion is crazy. I do not. Half my wardrobe is from like from Target. Yes. Target. Who sells? Uh, I I don't know if they still do, but uh, Massimo, which when I was a kid, Massimo. you wanted you oh wanted God. Massimo jeans, and they were super expensive. It was either Guess or Massimo, and yeah, now Target has. Uh, or had I think they moved to this Goodfellas brand? Yeah, they, not that they, I they shop there. Goodfellow, Goodfellas Target's brand. I like it. They've got some good stuff. I like Goodfellow. I need to. Oh, I need yeah. to go shopping because yeah. I, I got rid of like so many of my like graphic tees. I'm like, okay, I need like actual shirts. I'm no longer like a child. So I got two new V necks the other day. Oh hey. shit! <laughs> graphic tees are nice too. I, I like a good graphic tee, but just like I need like you know something like to go out in. Like I do love my Hawaiian shirts. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna buy a few more of those and just wear them like in the dead of winter. <laughs> this is random, but has anyone seen Candyman yet? Oh, I was gonna no. ask that. Read my mind. I did. I saw it yesterday. Oh, oh how is it? Drew, were you at I the same it. place as me? No, I saw the uh, Universal made a link available. Oh, and, okay. okay. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. I thought. Um, I thought it was grim. Like, it's dark. It really doesn't mess around. And uh, it gets into some real body horror territory, um, and, which I also didn't expect from it. And it's not a remake. Um, yeah. it, it's an expansion. It, it's an interesting take on the idea of Candyman as a story that gets told over and over in different ways. And I thought it was very clever. I thought the performances were terrific. Um and just it's I, I just couldn't believe how dark it goes. Like it really doesn't play. It's a grim ride pretty much start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, do you know why they didn't? Because Tony Todd didn't come back as Candyman, right? Right. He did. Do you oh, know why that is? Like he's still working, right? It, it's a thematic reason. OK, yeah. got it. The, there, it, it. It makes sense. There's not room for Tony Todd to be Candyman in this. But Tony Todd was Candyman. So yeah. there's like the he, that doesn't negate anything you've ever seen of Tony Todd being Candyman. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super fin- looking forward to it. Yeah. Finally watched the yeah. first one um, the other night and I was just blown away at like the the metaf- the, the allegory and everything. Uh, I thought it was beautiful and I'm so freaking excited. Um, how's the she score in this? In. Because the score is amazing. The Phil- yeah, it's a really strong score. The Philip Glass score is so memorable in the oh, first film. Beautiful. This is a very different kind of score, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's interesting because they definitely treat the the first film as a very serious text that you should treat with respect. And a lot of sequels, a lot of these legacy films, a lot of these reboots don't have the same kind of regard for the material they're playing with. Uh, this really treats Candyman as a mythology to be respected. 
Did you yeah. uh, did you like the the David Gordon Green Halloween? Are you looking forward to Halloween Kills, Drew? I was not a big fan of the uh, of the, uh, but I'm 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 a weird Halloween fan. I like Halloween, the first film. That's it. I I, th- I after that everything feels to me like a retread or a really weird expansion in directions yeah. I don't care about. Um, I don't like any of the family stuff. I don't like him as Laurie's brother. I don't. And I, the reboots have all been so, the fact that they've done it three times with Jamie Lee Curtis is weird to me. And, you know, the fact that they keep going, no, no, none of that happened. Now it's all not canon except this one again. Um, and I've read Halloween Kills. Uh, it doesn't feel like a Halloween film to me. It's going to yeah. be mega violent in a way that we've never seen from a Halloween film. And I think what it does narratively, either you're going to be all in and you're going to be like, that's all I've ever wanted from Halloween, or you're just not going to get why this is still being made. I, yeah. I, if you like the last one, they're going to try something big with the second two. I just, it's not for me anymore. I'm just glad it's not called Halloween for the fourth time. <laughs> right. <sighs> yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I wasn't a big fan of like uh, the David Gordon Green one. I almost kind of prefer like the Rob Zombie one to that one, just because like it's uh, it's the same movie and then it's just like different and then it's it's very Rob Zombie. <laughs> like God, yeah. The opening part of the first part of Rob Zombie's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. That's a good show, guys. Yeah. Uh, Alex, do we owe any any more games before we head out? Uh, we don't, but uh, Mr. Weber Jaegerman Jensen Jensen has gifted a sub. Thank you very much for gifting that sub. And BCD also, thank you for gifting a sub as well. Thank you so much, guys. All righty, we're going to head out for the day. Drew, is there anything you want to plug before you get out of here, bud? Yeah, um, I, I definitely I want to steer people to my two newsletters. Um, my f- primary newsletter, Formerly Dangerous, uh, is where I do my film reviews and my cultural commentary. Uh, that's drewmcweeny.substack.com. Uh, and then I'm really excited about the other project, which is uh, I'm going back to the thing I started with 80s all over with the podcast, which mm-hmm. we didn't get to finish. Um, I am now doing it in newsletter form. So every month you get reviews of an entire month's worth of movies from the 80s. And I'm reviewing every film from the decade in chronological order. Holy so crap. we're up to March of 1980 now. It's five bucks a month. That's at the last 80s newsletter.substack.com. And uh, jump on board, man. It is going to be a wild ride for the next 10 years. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. 2,800 that is- reviews by the time I'm done. Oh, my gosh. What made you want to go to newsletter form uh, more than podcast form? Uh, I want this to eventually be a reference text. I, I want this to be something – because there is no – let's put it this way. If this book existed, I would just – buy the book and I would never do any of this, but it doesn't. There's no real reference text that goes through that whole decade. And there's so much of the decade that's been forgotten or that's Mm. been marginalized or that's been just utterly ignored. And, you know, we talk about the same 60 movies over and over and that's the eighties, but it's like I said, there's 2,800 films that came out in that decade in America. And I think there's a lot of it that's worth discussing that we just haven't done in so long. So I want, by the time this is done, I'd like to collect them all. And I think having a, a final reference text for all of this is, is going to be something I'm very proud to have done. That's, that's honestly yeah. so cool to hear guys. I put the link in chat 
for Drew uh, Drew's uh, newsletter. Go subscribe there. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Drew. Bye. And thank you to the entire panel. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Same time. Um, we got World Girls tonight. Uh, I'm streaming tonight. We got plenty of stuff all over the internet, guys. Thank you so much for all the gifted subs. Thank you so much for the schmobots. We got to hit that goal tomorrow for sure. I was just, I was loving the conversation today, so I didn't plug it too much, but we got to hit it tomorrow for sure. Have a good day, guys. Peace out.